Hey, what's good, people? This is episode 75. This is the Option Podcast. I got Tina, Lady Gradina, and the episode starts right now. What's good, people? Episode 75. I'm Jason DeBellius. This is the Option Podcast. You asked, and you shall receive. Because for me, I've got to give the people, give the people what they want. Tina, Lady Gradina, what's good? Hello, what's good? She's like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> here. Cool. Yeah, like that's not how we started this conversation uh, <laughs> beforehand. So Tina, you were um you said we were having a conversation. You came into LA a little bit to train, I guess, for um was it your non traditional season, preseason for uh, USC? Yeah, this season preseason has been so weird. I've been back and forth from Latvia and LA mm -hmm. and uh, then done some like training camps with my Latvian partner as well. So it's been very untraditional for sure. Yeah, no no doubt. I was I talked to John Mayer a little bit too. Um, I was the director of operations there in 2018 and, and some of 2019. And then I got called away to do like color commentating for like Pepperdine's home games and this and that and the Big West Championship. So that's, I'm, I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> yeah. So I forgot to tell you before the podcast, this isn't an interview, okay? This is okay, a podcast. Yeah. So, so you get to ask me stuff too, all right? So cool. you have these long <laughs> moments where you ready. like answer the question and it's like this daring contest. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sometimes Ooh. hard to break out of the like traditional, like you know, question answer, question answer. But like, this is cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, you listen. You definitely say all the right things, and it is my job to make sure you continue to say all the right things at least until your season's over. <laughs> I ain't gonna do nothing, nothing non PC that's gonna have Dana go like. Yeah, Jay. Please. Dana's gonna Dana's gonna be like Jay. What did you do? Yeah, please have my back. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to get in trouble here. Yeah, Dane was on my podcast. Um, he was episode forty-four, and that was special significance to me because, like, our forty-fourth president was African American, and Dana was the first African American to win a gold medal in the Olympics yeah. for male or female for the United States. Um. So 44, 44, first black, first black. And he's also one of two players. This is an interesting stat you'll, you'll appreciate. To win an AVP championship, an NCAA title, and a gold medalist. Only, to my knowledge, for Americans, only Karch has done that. For American yeah. men, only Karch so has done that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and when we, when he's coaching us right now, like, we feel, we feel the energy, energy coming from him. Yeah. It's, like, remarkable. Yeah. Were you there when Anna was there? Were you Anna there yeah. Anna's last year? I've been with Anna for two years. So this is my first year with Dane, actually. Yeah. So I've experienced the roots of USC Beach Volleyball. Mm -hmm. And it's it's I'll tell you, it's like something historical for sure. I'm glad I was yeah. with Anna as well. Let me tell you something. They the 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 personalities are infinitely different. But like oh. the killer instinct, like the winner's mentality thing is like you said, it it is paramount 
to what you yeah. would see as well. And it's also interesting how like the killer instinct, it is like so different for each coach or player as well. Like like comparing Anna and Dane, they are both like killers for sure, but like in such a different way. And um, yeah, you can learn a lot from both of them. Yeah. Uh, I personally am glad Dane got the job because there's certain people, I was on, I had Rob Espero on the podcast. On, on, I'm yeah. sure you know him. I mean, you, you, you were, I think you were his first repeat guest. So he was all happy yeah, about we, that. I love Rob. Yeah, we're, we're vibing together. He's we a always savage have dude. His nickname is Savage. His nickname yeah. is Savage. He, I have, you know, viewership on iTunes, Spotify, this and that, but he did an episode with me on Facebook. And he, we got 55,000 views on Facebook. I'm like, Papa was a rolling stone <laughs> where, he, where he laid his hat was his home. Man, that dude is everywhere. 50. I don't do you even know. I don't even know 5,000 people. I don't have 55,000 views, Tina. <laughs> 55,000 views. What were you talking about? What's so interesting? Share. <laughs> well, that's men talk. No, just kidding. We, uh, no, no, no. He listen. I'm from the East Coast. We're, and the world scene he's from uh, he's a west coast guy's so world world scene so we have a lot of mutual friends and we had followings on um we're bi-coastal you know like a lot of people the west has this thing where they're kind of in love with themselves sometimes that's not a disrespectful thing that's just like a mecca thing right if it's more popular here it's going to be you know the better talent's going to be here the it's going to be talked about more here but but east meets west and a bunch of people are interested so i've been coaching for 20 years i've been playing for 30 only been in this whole beach thing for five so that just gives you yeah, wow, you got it, yeah. yeah. well but thank god you you got on the train at least she oh my god i will you. never touch an indoor ball again i i moved here and i'm just like wow it took me so long to get off that horse dude <laughs> I know, like yeah personal opinion only but like beach ball is so much better than indoor it's like i yeah. love it so much more i feel like everyone would love it so much more but like of course it's not the case but <laughs> I think well so. we both know a bunch of indoor players that are like i'm 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 totally disinterested in the beach i don't want to do it no nope, i'm happy yeah. right here where I, where I belong did you played a ton of indoor before beach right no, I did not play a ton. I just only a little bit and only on the side. My 100% was like beach volleyball. But I know so many indoor players who are like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go back to the beach. And like, I really want to like the sun, the environment. It's like so cool. I feel like those who don't want to play beach volleyball think that it's just too hard like to move around in sand. So I, I get that. I understand. <laughs> I would wish, I wish it was easier. Well, <laughs> as a former indoor player, you learn the mechanics of an indoor approach you have a longer runway you have some a harder surface to jump off of you spend yeah. years and years of uh, uh you know attaining muscle mu muscle memory twitch reaction and all that stuff that's consistent with an indoor game and next thing you know you have to shorten your approach outdoor and now you can't dig in as much you're not yeah. doing you're not you doing that play. first jump and second jump you know and you can't do the broad jump you have to like get under the ball and jump up there's mm -hmm. so many little details like those are two different sports like yeah. you can't like go between both of them like some people can of course but uh and, and yeah and also that's why i feel like i am a little bit like different from like most of the players who have come from indoor because like my technique is not indoor technique it's like maybe purely beach which is some some say it's not the best but i like it and it works for me so why not as long as it gets me points so i just think it's more important on the the last two steps you take are more important yeah. significantly more important on the beach than they are indoor indoor you can you could do that one two and then boom boom here boom boom here boom boom here because you can dig in again this that's the 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 your takeoff 
point is always going to be hard as hell you know um you i i'm very very your last two steps are golden you are for the people listening at home tina tina is something we affectionately refer to as a goofy foot that's someone we have who has a lefty approach and they swing with their right hand with that being said your last two steps always allow you to come straight up and use wrist control elbow and wrist which by the way costs your shoulder nothing you can hit that way forever <laughs> yeah thank you so much for saying that that's so nice of you because mm -hmm. i feel like i've been working on trying to fix my goofy stuff for quite some time but like mm -hmm. it's too deep by now like i'm too far away like too far and I yeah can't you're 23 right did you just you... 22 yeah so oh, i just gotta like work with it and uh so far it's good and it's like also, like, there's some other examples of, like, high-level international players. Like, I'm not sure, but I think, uh, was it uh, Dahlhauser? Dahlhauser? Phil, Dahlhauser? Yeah, Phil's a goofy fit. Yeah, Again, yeah, everybody like, listening, that's your guy. Phil. <laughs> Hi, yeah. Phil. Big Phil. Goofy foot. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm like, I will be like Phil Dahlhauser. Like, is he a bad player just no. because he's goofy? And look no, no further, <laughs> and look no further than your own country, your own home country, Latvia. Lion King's a goofy foot. Uh, he he's he's just a very weird approach. Like he he, he, jumps he hasn't played indoor at all. He so has a he lefty does. approach. He does, I think. Take a maybe. look. Take okay, a I look. will. I've he, seen him play so much. I don't believe he's actually. Good I know, him. right? Listen, the people right. listening are gonna definitely take your word over. I think your sample size is bigger as far as viewing the uh, you viewing and following. But I want you to take a look. If I'm wrong, I'm definitely willing to concede that he was very much like Karch Karai. Karch had an interchangeable approach. I watched. That's the best. I'm practicing yeah. right now to mm -hmm. lift it with my left hand. It's like going pretty well, but it would be perfect if I could do the approach as well for my left hand. I oh, heck yeah. yeah. Yeah, like Karch, I watch 84 Olympics, right? The gold medal yeah. match against Brazil. And he jumped. I'm like, holy cow. Everybody. That's God. God, Karch, God has a goofy foot. Then I'm like, let me see another one. And he does another approach. And, and then it's and then it's traditional. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I was just seeing. I was just seeing shit. Okay, then okay, wow. I'm cool. And yeah. then two jumps later, I'm like, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. He just he, no, he just did it again. He he just did it again. So so it's yeah, man. And mind you, that's who we all know to be the best player to ever play the game, indoor or beach. Yes. Right, three-time gold medalist, three-time NCAA champion. Um, um, your godfather uh, played with him one year. He was a, a, a fourth-string setter I've in UCLA. Yeah, uh, we're talking about Aldis Lucis, who's going to be listening to this podcast. Aldis Lucis was my mentor. I had two very, very important mentors. Three of them coming up in the indoor world. One was him. He spent some time in New York. He was actually last. He came later and helped me conquer the the the. The, from demons from the neck up okay <laughs> the second guy was mario trebich who was the coach of the netherlands in 92 and 96 so silver and gold he also lived in new york and the third was this this power woman like her name is chi dimaggio patricia dimaggio um and she's anna collier on steroids she oh is she gosh. is this kind yeah i mean and anna collier is already jacked up on whatever right on so yeah so but you, the type of woman, and you, you know what I'm talking about, the type of woman that walks into a room and, like, men know how to behave. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they're like, should we stand up? And, like, should, you know, should we stand up before she leaves? You know you know what I'm saying? Like, that old school virtue, that kind of woman that's not, with respect to um, all the women I've known, that, that woman doesn't exist anymore. That's a unicorn. You know, yeah. it's a, they're, they're rare. They're, they're a dying breed. So, 
Yeah. Just so you listeners know, Ulvis Lucis is a Latvian, so he's my he's my family friend. So it, this was a connection we made with mm-hmm. you, Jason, like last year, I guess, yeah. two years ago, that yeah, we both a- know him. So that was like so cool that you... You were a freshman, I think. You were still a freshman, or between freshmen, you were between yeah, years. Some sometime that, yeah. that moment. Yeah, Ulvis has been so like interested in my whole career as well, mm-hmm. and, like the best supporter ever. So like I also feel like he has mentored me a little yeah. bit. So that's the two of us. Hey. It's true and and talk about Strek. talk about being a hard a hard a hard butt right a hard ass he's, oh, he's he says it how it is yeah, yeah he excuses man he is not down with that whole excuse business <laughs> so before i drive us too far off the cliff let me stare us back to just volleyball and just a recent event and maybe something people actually want to hear um <laughs> you qualified while everybody else is having a good time in the United States and Hawaii, like you said, West Coast, while everybody's out there loving themselves, yeah. you you flying under the radar. And I want you to dialogue with me. Draw, draw me this picture. Take our audience. Where was that that um qualification tournament? Was it was that in Japan? No. So basically, the picture is like this. It's the end of the season. It's September. Last tournament that there will be this year. Uh, and uh, we have to fly to China, to the, the city that uh, is basically almost like empty. It just does, was just this tournament. And uh, it was this qual- Olympic qualification tournament where there were two tickets uh, to Tokyo. So two teams would get the ticket. And uh, there, were one, there was one team from each country. And uh, there was, wasn't any team from the United States or Brazil. But all the other countries. No, that's, that there. was the same time as AVP Hawaii too, right? So, uh, which was a yeah, gold ser- a gold series. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. And uh, and yeah, and then it was like three, four, four day tournament, and you like we played game after game, and like just kept going, and like ended up in the final four where we and finished with the win, surprising win over the Czech team, and uh, that was the best moment I've ever had in my life. It was a pure euphoria, pure happiness. That win like, over the Czech, oh my God, dude! Let's actually take a look as we we continue to dialogue. Um, yeah. That win over the Czech team, you were down eight twelve, if I'm yeah. not correct, and if, if, and, and, and there's there's partner, the ace, there's the ace. Check it out, right. My you, partner was the first ace, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, we, she did two more aces after that, and, uh, and then it like, basically was equal, and there were like two sh- very, very close moments afterwards as well, where we had to use the challenge system, and honestly, if the challenge system wouldn't exist, we probably wouldn't have won those games, but we thank God we didn't, like, it was mm-hmm. in our favor, and then, yeah, and at the end... Uh, at the end, we got. Dude, that was just people. some. That was just some grit and determination right there. Because it was, and rally yeah. fifteen, you're down. You're down by four, eight, twelve. That's a wrap. <laughs> That's yeah. a wrap, right? I mean, it was very, very reminiscent of a story that your coach Dane told me um, that I'd like to just do later because you're on a roll right now, and I want you to talk a little, a little bit more about it was the check and then you did you have to play china as well yeah we did play china earlier and we lost so we well lost in altogether three games in that tournament which is which was the maximum you could lose otherwise one more and you're out so we were always fighting for just advancing to the next round and 
uh, always with the maximum amount of losses that you can to still stay alive in the tournament. And that's why we were on such like an adrenaline rush all the time on such like intensity all the time that like we came in, went into the final match with the same kind of mentality to that we have to fight for this. And honestly, I think we maybe were not um, e like evaluated, like the, our team might not have like, uh, how do you say that? Like thought about this as, highly as they maybe should have we call it underestimate underestimate yeah <laughs> because it was the first matchup we had against them and they are a, an established top 10 yeah. world team we're just like these young girls like and maybe in top 20. i mean we i saw them beat climbing and ross like uh, in oh, a previous in, in, in a five star like a previous one so yeah they are they are legends and that was our first match against them so i was definitely like even like as a as a player i was like oh my gosh we get to play them that's so cool so i was happy about that already Hello. I want to go back and watch you lose your freaking mind. Here it is. Oh, look at that. The robot feels. <laughs> look at that. Yeah. And it's funny because I was, I was the crying happiness and my partner was just the normal happiness. The elation? Like, happy. yeah. So after, in the interview afterwards, I was like, actually like baby crying into the camera and it was like televised all over Latvia afterwards. And I was like, cool, cool. My whole country sees me crying on the TV. That's cool. cool. <laughs> but it, it, obviously that moment is like remarkable. So it, we'll all stay with me. Dude, tears of joy are a real thing, Tina. Yeah. Tears of joy <laughs> are a real thing. I mean, for again, for bringing our audience back into this, you trained you let's say you've done something at a very early age maybe you did started at 11 maybe you play started playing piano when you're three and you're playing your whole life playing an instrument but let's say you played a sport maybe you started at 10 and you 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 ascend you have disappointments people tell you you're okay people tell you you're great people tell you you're not good enough but none of that matters because you fall in love with the sport you've been infected with the, the we call it the volley virus right it's worse yeah. it's worse than covid there's no there's no vaccine there's no cure all right we're infected yeah. and you you all of this you know juniors to seniors to college leads you up to this moment that if you win you're going to the olympics and if you don't you're not. I mean, it was a fun trip, maybe or maybe not. But at the end, it's a disappointment. And you tell yourself, oh, I'm going to tell myself because you're going to, I'm going to give you the floor in a minute. I'm like, dude, <laughs> now I'm down 9 12. It's 13 up. Win or lose, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. Win or lose, even if I lose, I'm going to cry. So, um, and that's what I think. I wanted to get people to understand how you feel about that. And... Yeah, well, our coach actually gave us a really good like advice going into the game. He was like, girls, this is an op opportunity to qualify for Tokyo early. Uh, there, we, there what, it's still a season, like next year, to qualify through as well. So it was like he said, told, said us that he believes we will truly go to Tokyo. It's just a matter of when, when we secure the ticket. And uh, we did it in the early yeah. place in, in the qualification tournament, which now looking back is like so amazing because it has saved us so much stress probably from with all this Corona year and like uncertainties that we do have this one certainty that we do have to take it. Um, but uh, it was at that moment, I actually, I always 
believe that I can win, but I'm not like an on, on, I'm always realistically looking at things and like 12, seven or 12, eight in third set, that's pretty realistically a lost game. So it, that's why the happiness was so explosive because I, at, at that moment back then, I truly kind of, did, I just thought to myself, I need to like play for every point, but not necessarily that I will win, like fight for every point, but didn't think that it would actually result into winning. I think staying emotionally balanced actually helps you come back in those games. You're like, it's 8-12. Let me just keep playing. You know, this is this is what we train for. This is how we train. Let me just do this. And then boom, you got an ace. And then boom, you got that that, that overhand yeah, dig. And it's like overhand dig and trans kill. And now, and now you got momentum because you kept yeah. your cool, you know? Exactly. And it's like the points. You, you don't think about the big results. You think only about the single point. And that's that's how we did it. Yeah. Point. I mean, there's a, there's a handful of instances where... where uh, um, someone playing emotionally heightened does help put them over the top, but those stories are very rare, you know? I mean, look at your guy. Uh, look at Dane. Look at your coach. Dane and I were on a podcast, and Dane and yeah. I were walking through the sem Olympic semifinals with Portugal, right? Yeah. Portugal. Now, back then, Tina, when your godfather and I played, it was, it was not rallied. Yeah. It was side out. So it took an hour for them to get to 10-10. So Fanoi misses a ball. Fanoi hits a ball wide, right? timeout the referee when they come back in the referee gives them a yellow card for i'm a red card skips the yellow red card delay of game so now after taking 40 50 minutes to get to 10 10 in a matter of seconds you're not down by one you're down by two so yeah. you know if you know dane dane's like you know red card what <laughs> you know what the yeah. hell so they get the ball back dane gets an ace position one dane gets a wrist away out of, out of zone four um hits the line Fenoy gets a block. He gets a dig, a, a poke dig off off a jumbo shrimp, and then the last one is ace down the middle. So Dane basically gets the ball back and serves five straight balls, and three of them are aces. And you want to talk about fast, right? What's the, what are the two fastest ways to score a point in volleyball? Ace. <laughs> yeah. The ace and the what else? What's the second one? Distant second, actually. Block. The block. <laughs> yep, three aces, a block, and a trans kill. That lasted a minute and forty seconds. You know, so so there are different ways to come back, but yours is very, very ideal because those wave of emotions, you really can't ride it. I mean, the exception is maybe you could ride it at the end like they did, right? Because if that was game two and not game, not the last game, or, you know, if there was another set after that, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they, they blew their what? Yeah. yeah, so so I just, I really, really, oh man, I feel like, I took that journey with you, you know, like we don't, we don't know each other well. We have a lot of mutual friends because volleyball is a small world and sooner or later you're going to run into someone that, that, that we both know, you know, I mean, we both know Rob, we both know your, your godfather. Um, but so many people like me, the fan in me came out. So many people felt like I knew you for like 10 years and I, you know, and, and I took that journey with you. So when you won, I was like, yes. Yes, my, my wife was in the house. My, you know, my wife's a baller too. You know, she went to, she went to Harvard. Yes, my kid. I got a four-year-old, a uh, little tall yeah. thing, and she's just like clapping. So you had um, it's weird because I'm not a fan, dude. I'm not a fan. I am, I'm a fan of the game. I'm not. I, I very rarely am a fan of a certain player. You know, like I'm a. All right, I'll break it down. I like Trevor Crab. I'm a fan of Trevor Crab. I'm a fan of um, um, Reed Pretty. I'm a fan of yeah. certain players, but I'm not, I'm, I don't 
Do you know how some people they're 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 a fan because they follow a bunch of players? No, I'm I'm a, I'm a volleyball purist. So yeah, it was very it was a very very rare feeling that I had this investment and cared whether this one person won or lost. I, I'm, I, sh I don't care and I shouldn't care, but but in this instance I did I did and that was, and Tina that was awesome. <laughs> I'm glad to do happiness. Honestly, that's yeah. one of the reasons why I love being in sports because mm -hmm. like not because i win because like with my movements on the court i can give pleasure to people who are watching and i love when people watch who know how to appreciate the game yeah. and i i can i can get goosebumps thinking about how like my stuff block can like make people rise up from their chairs or like start screaming yeah. it's like the best feeling ever that i can influence other people's feeling by what I do on the courts, of course. and it's perfect. and it's only done retrospectively. Your discipline doesn't allow you to do it before or during a game. You, it's something you look back and say, "All right, that was cool." Not, that and was man, that. and anybody that was watching that with me, I'm sure they thought that was cool too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Tina, you're a fan. You, I'm sure you you have favorite players coming up. I mean, we're all like LeBron James is a fan of Michael Jordan, <laughs> right? And he's the best basketball player alive today. So it's not, you know, I, I don't. I'm very careful about the whole fanboy or fangirl thing because at the end of the day, from the person who doesn't play the sport at all to the best player of the, in the sport, it's gonna, it's an involuntary reflex. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna be a fan of someone. Hey, how's how are your grades? How's school? Are you a smart girl? I I have good grades. Yeah, you're, I, you're I have a, a good girl? memory, so that helps me a lot. I can like read something and remember it, so that's nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. so I got me a smart girl. Nice. <laughs> Dude, I'm from a smart family. That's why I was asking. I, I'm, did you, I, yeah. What did you study? Some, what did you study in university? Or? Well, me, I'm the black sheep. I went to Marymount Manhattan and my fine arts degrees in acting. They were, oh. at, at the time I auditioned, it was number one in the country, uh, two in the country. It was, no, it was Juilliard and Marymount. Is that and, why you came to LA? No, I came to coach. I, I um, I'm a, I'm an NCAA coach and a high school coach and in New York I took it as far as I could go, you know yeah. I took a Division three team to the Final Four, um, a high school team, you know 38 and one record. Madison Square Garden gave me coach of the year. That was like 2014. So, so my wife was like, "How do you feel about California?" And I'm like, "Are, are we there yet?" And now, mm -hmm. I came here to pursue indoor and I don't I don't even care. I'm like, I don't even, why don't I care about indoor anymore? Rob yeah. Sparrow is the only guy that makes me care about indoor right now, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, well, um, thanks for telling me this. Yeah. yeah I should like, so, now I know. Yeah. So, but I've done a bunch of on and off Broadway plays after, you know, they're ranked number two in the country. Juilliard's, if you, if you could picture New York, the Central Park on the east side of it, where Fifth Avenue is, Marymount is there on the west side where Lincoln Center is, Juilliard's there. So for a decade, they were ranked number one and number two in the country, right? So my wife, you know, Harvard, whatever. Her father, Harvard undergrad, Duke Law School. Mom, Duke oh. undergrad and law school, undergrad and law school. So so on, on, my, on my girl's side, that's, I'm, you know, I'm with an academic family, so. Oh. And on my side, I was only the second person in the gener in two generations to get a college degree only my mom only my mother we're all military men so oh. and then and then after that all of my siblings graduated with my, oh, so my, you, you were the domino i started the trend career. yeah with the yeah. youngest one getting her phd she just did her phd at, at uva so call her dr gingrich so nice. but yeah cool you're a smart girl 
Because, man, I met some dumb female volleyball players. I'm glad, I'm glad we got some brains to go with this beauty. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't, like, you can't be dumb volleyball player. I don't think those exist. No. Like, you have to have a certain intelligence level because the game just requires it so much. And for the men, you do. Because the men yeah. don't, they don't, for the people listening at home, and I swear to God, I'm going to let this girl talk more than me this time because... Um, <laughs> I'm very glad to have you on the show. And it was, and I have all kinds of guests. I had Dane, I had Ryan Millar, I've had a sex podcaster, you know, <laughs> two weeks ago. But um, men's volleyball, NCAA volleyball, we're the bastard children of NCAA sports. They only offer 4.5 scholarships. So in order for you to go to school and pay less, if not enough, anything at all, you need a mixture of that, that athletic and academic ride. Exactly. Tina, yeah, back, in, back in the day, Back in the day, there were only 12-person rosters. So it wasn't uncommon to see, like, four people get a full ride or, like, three people get a full and, like, three partials, you know, and then divvying up that whatever. But UCLA right now has an 18-man roster. USC has, like, a – no, UCLA has 22-person roster. USC has, like, an 18-person roster. How are you going to divide up that pie? Got to be smart. But, like, the scholarships are still very small. Like, there's only, like, for guys, four scholarships per team. 4.5, yeah. Yeah, okay. And for girls for beach volleyball, I know we have like six only, six full for Wow, cool. That's that's cool, but it's also like not that much. <laughs> Just be honest. You're like, Jason, that's not cool. <laughs> that's a, how is that cool? <laughs> I mean, it's better than zero. So yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna ask you the question that I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and interviews. No I, no one's asked you today, but I'm sure someone has. Why volleyball? What what got you into volleyball? You're you're like this little Tina running around, you know, running in circles, eyes all wide, you know, <laughs> eating ice cream, looking for a sport to play. Why volleyball? How'd you get into volleyball? Yeah, little Tina just loved sport in general. I loved movements. So my first thing when I was little, I wanted to be a ballerina. So that was like dancing or something. But afterwards, I got into sports. I started playing tennis for like four or five years pretty seriously but then after tennis I took up track and field and beach volleyball at the same time together and I did both of those sports for until the end of my high school basically when I had to go to USC and where I started doing only beach volleyball but why so I had real trouble deciding between track and field and beach volleyball because I was pretty good there as well had like some opportunities to go internationally and stuff like that but I, what I really loved about beach volleyball was that I can, the emotions that the sport gives you when you play are so strong and so like saturated. And like, I loved the fact that I can, uh, by my actions, I can um, directly beat the, my opponent, not like in track and field where I just run the fastest and like, that's why I win. But I love the fact that in volleyball with your brains you outsmart your opponent or you you're you outskill them you're better than your the opponent and that's the, i like the competitive aspect of beach volleyball and also that you have to use your head and tactics and strategy and mental uh, capacities so much more than in track and field where you just have to like go all out like whatever your body's capable of you like go and do it um but i'm still such a big 
fan of track and field and tennis as well, actually. And like, I admire those sports very, very much. And they have helped me a lot in my career in beach volleyball, like certainly. So yeah, I just like the like emotions and like the intelligent, like intelligence parts of beach volleyball. When did you start? How old were you when you started? Well, volleyball has always been my family because my dad was a volleyball player. So we would play in the garden, but uh, actual practices around 13 years old. Okay. That's earlier. That qualifies as early enough. I started at 17. I started at 17 going on 18. I I was a late bloomer. I was what us Americans called the the, the three-sport athlete, the big three. Baseball, I played first base. Basketball, I played small forward. Um, and football, I played tight end. I have like these really huge hands. Oh, um, those are so good for beach ball, for yeah, volleyball. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I'm a setter for indoor. They're setters' hands. So oh. I'm six one, but my wingspan six eight. My wingspan That's is eighty amazing. inches. So you're a um, perfect volleyball player. Yeah, man. Wow. I'm on that. Now you see me. Now you don't. Boom! Clamp. <laughs> <laughs> clamp. How I, do they do that? <laughs> I, I don't know if this fact is true, but I've heard that only two percent of the world's population have their wingspan longer than their actual height, and like it's, almost all of those two percent are people who play high level sports. Yes. Um, the reason why I would think that number is higher only because I'm a prisoner of the moment because I only watch athletes. I only yeah. happen to encounter people, the people that we encounter uh, because yeah. we're into sports and because we're in a movement, we're ingratiated with them. So in our minds, the number's higher, but I'm pretty sure you two, two percent might be dead on balls accurate. I mean, you know? if you look um, at the whole world, yeah. like world like i'm a big i'm a big mixed martial arts fan right uh john jones his his wingspan is is 84 inches right he's like six three there's a guy named Mo, king mo Lowell. he's like six feet and he has an 80 inch wingspan so in football don't even get me started you know all of those in fact the guys on the front five these guys that are like almost 300 pounds these barrel body guys long skinny arms you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Highly, I mean, they're like a type of creature, you know, highly educated too. They're all like three pointers and four point uh, the guys who play offense, you know. The defensive guys are the ones that are like, uh, wait, I got to go to school. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I thought I was here just to play football, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, yeah, but no, but short, long story short, I had a crush on a girl from Dominican Republic that played. Sport looked easy, tried to play it in front of her to show off, made an ass of myself. And then from there, just I bought a book and coached myself. And then in, in a year, I started just playing. People were like, wow, where this guy come from? <laughs> he taught himself, okay. you know. And then three years, I was playing professionally. Within three and a half years, I was I was overseas in Germany um, in the hessen Faults League playing on professionally. Yeah. That is amazing. I was um, playing with a military community team. I was in, I'm, a, I'm a Gulf War vet. I was in the United States Army, and and a German team saw me and scouted me out, and then and then the Army released me six months out of the year to play. Um, that story is to play volleyball. That yeah. you you went from zero to hundred that quickly. Wow. Yeah. yeah. In fact, like some of those trophies uh, or plaques or whatever, those are the ones. Because Tina, you know, as you start to win all these tournaments, that room gets too full of trophies too many trophies right you so you're like okay if i move i'm just gonna take this one because that was my first you know whatever yeah. that that one i played co-ed you know oh, that's my first co-ed championship that was a special group of people because you know volleyball's incestuous like that um, yeah. so actually i'll show you it's on my wall i, I, I got a camera I'll, do, I'll give you a camera shot so i only keep a handful of stuff here and i so that right there the one where you see like the silhouette players yeah that was my my um 
German Region One Division One Championship, in 1993. That H, I was at Hunter College for one year for a cup of coffee because I just wanted to see what NCAA ball felt like, and um, and I was there. So that was New York Urban. That volleyball suspended in midair. I don't know how. That's um, cool. and, and those are like plaques that you know regionally in New York. And for me, volleyball very, very much so, and very much like you mentioned before, is just as much about people, the people who play it and the people who follow it, than it is about, like you said, the movement and the purity of the sport. So I've kept all of the trophies that, um, where I could look at and I'd be like, wait, Hunter, Greg Romulus, that, oh man, I love that guy to death, you know? He still holds the record for most kills in a match, 61. 61 for 98. And in in this world, a rally that'll never be broken, okay? So... You know, but I look at a co-ed championship. I'm like, wow, I, I think I dated. I, I remember I dated that girl, you know, so so it's just, yeah. So it's just kind of one of those things. So you started at 13. Good for well, you. yeah, but mm-hmm. I've, I practiced twice a week for like five years. Mm-hmm. So that's not that much. I did mostly track and field. Yeah. So you played your first year with April. A, I call her a brill, yeah, but she's April Bustamante. A brill, no, if that's I, her name, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my sophomore year as well, and then I took a gap year, and now I'm back for, I guess, like, I count myself as a senior, but this is my junior season, actually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, now we're all mis- matching up and and all the ways, all the combinations possible in practice, because... Our season is happening and uh, it's coming up soon. So our coaches got to figure out the lineups and everything. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. Who? Wonder who? <laughs> I'm sure Dane's glad to have you back. You um, were my one, either one or one A. I have like a, a list of people and I don't care who votes what. I have, a, I have, I have an eye test and who, and you've always been, as far as the best college beach player in the country it's been either you or Kristen Nuss who you are from LSU who's who um who her and Taryn Cloth are just running rough man just running a rough shot over people they just played 12 tournaments and they won all of them you know Kelly you know Kelly Kalinske Stockman no problem Bree Scarborough (laughs) who's next next so (laughs) yeah yeah but um yeah I guess Robin I had a conversation a sparrow and he asked me sarah hughes like who would be a, an ideal partner for sarah hughes for the avp tour for the next tour and i said fallon for moana fallon for moana whose whose bump setting is is amazing don't even need to think about hands her options amazing her gas tank is is, is significantly better than it was three years ago and if this if the game's 14 up you know you're not going to serve her so you're not you're not going to serve her. You know she's going to be the best setter in that situation, and that's who Sarah wants. Someone that they could play. And then Rob said, "What about Tina?" And I was like, "Well, everything I said about Fallon. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, I, let's let's do Tina." <laughs> I was about to offer myself as well. Yeah. I would love playing with Sarah, and I really want to play an AVP. I have the option too. Why should you got I dual not citizenship, right? Yes, exactly. So I've been waiting all this time because I'm always between FIVP and always between colleague NCAA mm-hmm. seasons. But like the time will come, I will for sure play AVP and uh, yeah, just got to figure out with who. So would we'll Sarah be an ideal an ideal partner though? 
Yes, of yeah. course. I would love to play with her. It's the yeah. SC connection as well. It really I is. And I yeah. think like a, a pure up, you know, right side and a pure, uh, I mean, you're interchangeable. I think you hit both sides and I don't think you care much about that stuff. Yeah, but just like, like a defender and blocker, perfect. Yeah. Like and, you're a, Well, you're a like, hybrid, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, or or I feel like, or that like, uh, how do you say, like sense of the game is similar as well. Like we feel Same training, pretty, yeah. Pretty, pretty equally so. Yeah. Sarah Hughes, if you're listening, <laughs> you're looking for a hitman for hire. <laughs> I have her number. I have, yeah. I have her number. I can Good. call. Yeah. Well, listen, this podcast, let's just, I think it's safe to say people listen to it because they want to know what the hell I'm going to say next. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What's up? What's I got people blaming me for people getting banned from the AVP because of this podcast. But that's why I'm like, nope, I ain't doing nothing to Tina. That's <laughs> that's going to mess with her image. And you know, the cool thing about you is I have one of our subject matters is um, being yourself versus being correct. That's such a good I, I really like, and I'm going to give you the floor after I finish this sentence. I really, what I really like about you is I don't think you being yourself and being correct and saying all the right things are necessarily that far from each other. Now I'm not saying you're the same person off camera as the same person on because I don't think Probably. you I don't think you you don't fool me like that. But but um, I think as far as human beings are concerned, we're not robots, we're not machines, we're people. It's very very close. How, floor is yours. How right am I? I mean, uh, I mean yeah, of course. Like being on camera is also like so different. And like my dad, he's a he's a politician, so I've always like looked up to him how he speaks to like and like he has done a lot of media training as well and uh just in recent years i've had to talk a lot of on camera so i kind of mastered being myself also on camera and not really kind of faking it in any way in that sense i feel like i am myself but of of course like uh yeah life is life and like <laughs> you don't you, you never like show you completely yourself to everyone all the time yeah no definitely me uh, as far as commentating is concerned I, I gotta put on i mean i i it's weird because i know i have to shape shift to adapt in environments where i don't attract a whole lot of attention in a bad way um yeah. if i'm coaching juniors it's not the I'm not it's not the same conversation I'm gonna have with Rob, you know, off camera or or any anyone whose first name is Rob <laughs> Rob McLean for that matter. Rob McLean is one. Um, I have another podcast called Sports Debate Tuesday, uh, yeah. where we talk about football, MMA, and 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 volleyball when it when when volleyball's thrown at our front door and we have to talk about maybe like what Kerry Walt said. You know, we'll do that. But but um, I I only brought that up because I don't think that it's a it's phony i think you you, these things it's not like you live under this false dichotomy of you're either one or the other you're 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 tina you're many things you're 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 many tinas you are you are the good girl you are the person that has um a a humorous side to them you are the person that might have a mean streak of people if people take advantage of your niceness so um that's just called being a person that's why I wasn't sure if I wanted to introduce that as a subject matter. I'm like, you know, I feel funny talking about it now. <laughs> yeah. And it's also like you can be yourself, but there can be so many different versions of yourself. So like if people say like, no, you're not being yourself or you're faking it. Well, no, this is just me being me in this environment right now. So that's yeah. also like a 
thing to think about. Yeah. I mean, dude, how you talk to your coach and how you talk to your friends is, is a prime example yeah. of that, right? You'd be like, dang, guess what? I just saw Sense and Sense, uh, Sense, and Sense and Sensibility or something like that. That movie came out in 1995 and Dane's like... Oh, he would totally engage into conversation, though. Yeah. But yeah, that's not something. Oh, but when the conversation's over, they're like, "Coach, Gustavo, yeah, Coach, yeah. get her, get her tested. Yeah, yeah, get her tested. We, we, I want her, you know, I want her to pee in the bottle and make sure she's okay. <laughs> get her tested. <laughs> what the hell is she talking about? Yeah. Um, so definitely, we also touched on this very, very iffy topic of um, transgender athletes in sports. And Rob and I, um, I'm a big MMA guy, so yeah. um, I only spoke in tr uh, not on the scientific perspective, but even though I did my homework. Yeah. So I only spoke in, in how it applies to my wheelhouse, which is yeah. volleyball. And I'm a huge, huge mixed martial arts fan. Um, I'm, I'm ex-military, so that's just, you, you just, yeah. you gravitate towards it. With you, comes with you. And um, only give an example for mixed martial arts. There was a fighter, male fighter that, you know, had the operation and is now and was fighting in the female div, um, division for 135. And then was just absolutely starching women, you know, and doing my research on the science, I understand it takes like a year and a half to for the transformation of hormonal testosterone and testosterone replacement therapy and all, all that science or whatever and all that stuff. It takes a year and a half, but this person started fighting within eight months. And Rob and I started talking about it and he's just like, no, he says, I, I'm per me personally, he doesn't, he's not like, we're not transphobic in the classic sense of the word fear of someone because they're, they're trans. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't fear them. But the reason why I'm bringing it up now is because this conversation only comes up as far as protecting the interests of women and, and women's sports and Title IX and this and that. And it just feels so, not inappropriate, but it felt awkward to be in a room full of guys talking about what's best for women. That's just stupid. Uh, let's get around to asking a woman, and here you sit, a woman, an elite athlete, and I just wanted your thoughts on on only, only females, um, only males, male transgender and female sports. The other way around we haven't touched on. <clears throat> yes so obviously like there's this whole concern about like tra transophobia right like Trans and, it, yeah. and it, that's i completely agree to rob it's not not that uh we i'm scared of them or wouldn't talk to them or like they're just i, I respect their choices and everything but if if such a person would happen to play against me um i i would feel like it's pretty unfair um it, just because of their the physical the stronger physical abilities that i feel like that like her would have she would have um and that's that's the whole point of like having a higher men's net and like not hitting a strong the whole game is so different from men's for for, from, for men and women so i would feel like there should be like a separate um just a separate uh, how do you call it um yeah. group yeah. like men women transgender uh and like you can because you, sport sport is unifying it's uh it's uh anti-political supposedly it's like this ideal value of sport bringing people together and uh i feel like that's why it should be separated into groups so that we don't get into these like arguments and feelings of unfairness if if a transgender person comes and plays with women yeah and me i i'm quick to defend myself on this because i'm 
it is i don't feel it's my place to talk about what um a man a trans a transgender male should be able to do in women's sports it's not i'm i mean i'm going to have an opinion just like every other guy but the people who stand to win or lose on these arguments or these discussions are are the female athletes and that's why i'm going to have an opinion but i'm more comfortable having an opinion with like you know what i'm saying with women in the room and i don't think it's phobic and i don't think it's bigoted to to say let's have a con for a male to exactly. say to say let's have a conversation and it's like not, thank you so much for bringing this up because yeah. it's scary to talk about this and like you don't yeah. want you don't want to offend anyone but you don't you also want to have your interests and like you yeah. want to feel fair for yourself uh yeah it's very very tricky uh yeah. there's definitely a lot of aspects where you can play the devil's advocate and everything without sounding like the devil yourself right i mean yeah, yeah. well that's what i do i make uncomfortable conversations seem like a normal day so it's a no it's a, <laughs> so, You're used to them. <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a normal day I, I i to me i just think it keeps my blood blowing it keeps me alive um and happy keeps it spicy keeps it interesting yeah <laughs> spicy she, she said it cool you, had, you, you poor thing i just read you had a false positive test that kind of sidelined you for a little bit and you oh did mention gosh, that, that on the podcast a before crazy moment yeah. yes so two weeks before european championships in my hometown where we have to defend our title i got a positive test but all the next ones were negative and my antibodies were negative so i basically it was a false positive test but just because of the bureaucratic reasons for having the document that says i did have one positive we weren't allowed to train for two weeks right before and we weren't even sure if we could play at all so that kind of really messed up our mental game a lot because by the time we actually went into the european championship tournament we felt like we had already fought our battle of actually getting to the tournament and we there wasn't much left into us to actually play <laughs> so that wasn't the best ending of the season for sure but the tournament was amazing and like i'm so glad my federation organized it at all in corona times it was so hard and like everyone was just i was so happy to see all the european teams coming to the city where i live where i walk every single day and like i see all these like cool like players just walking like in my regular spots it was so amazing so still still a good experience good glad to hear that you mentioned something about how like um, what's something I call long live sport where like no matter what your political affiliation is, no matter your, 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 your race or whatever, you get on the court and you play or you're watching. It's like none of that matters. It is the, the one true thing that takes everybody and shows everybody that we have more that unites us than divides us you know yeah, now as, as an american i did acknowledge that the orange man did hijack sports for a little bit because that's what he does he takes everything and he makes it about himself and and then you're gonna have people who who follow him regardless and you have people who will be like okay he has a point and he doesn't this and that um i call him agent orange i don't I'm, and the cool thing is i don't have to call him mr president anymore um oh, well. i'm not <laughs> yeah and for me coming from someone like me who doesn't have, I don't have a, um, I'm registered under no political preference. I, yeah, I don't good. have a horse to I, back. I, um, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually start studying political science here. Good. Yeah. USC, I'm so. your man. Always, dude, always have a conversation with me about this because you know, I'm rarely going to come into the conversation um, 
Um, you you can't help it. You're always going to have a, come into a conversation picking a side, uh, but it doesn't mean that my mind is not um, uh, that my side is 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 rock solid and unchanging and unflinching. You know, yeah. like I all about the conversation. Yeah, yeah like in my opinion, Barack Obama in my lifetime was my favorite president. But I'm not an idiot. I'm not. I'm. I'm not down with people spying on our citizens you know i'm not people you know i'm not down with droning people without a trial so so i'm going to be like i got a problem with that guy but it doesn't mean you know the good does not weigh the bad you don't when it comes to politics and your political science you can't you have to just look at a politician and just say he's a he's a he's a good guy he doesn't the problem americans you think that you're that the person you voted for has to be great a great guy and has to be a saint because if you voted for him and he does something wrong you think it's indicative on on your your character and that's why people are quick to make excuses for the people they yeah. vote for because they they don't let, allow their critical thinking skills to um separate from who they like and dislike Tina, yeah. no, you should never have a set of rules for people you like and people you don't in the political spectrum your <laughs> personal life hell yeah you know, right? Yeah. I call you a name. It's like, you know what? You're Jason. You get a pass, but not that dude. So, so, um, but that's, listen, this, that's just some old man advice I'm doing right now. You know, political science always come in. If you come in with a side, that's, that's human. Don't, don't never say I'm, I'm, I'm coming in for opinion fresh because as humans, we're not machines, but exactly. never let what side you take be um so far this way or so far that way where you can't come back where you're not you're not listening you're not listening yeah like chris rock said listen <laughs> well but you know then form a response <laughs> no decent human being being is completely one or the other anyway so yeah. oh that was my rant <laughs> she's like he's exhausting <laughs> can i go now that's awesome so our podcasts usually go for an hour but i i mean you just got out of practice and i ain't trying to keep you like that and i, mean, I certainly think we've said enough to each other that you you're probably going to come on again anyway so so oh, I, I i feel like we do we yeah. have a lot to talk about still and there's also so much to come up like the next few months are going to be so intense and like you know, like so many things we don't even know what's going to happen so i think i probably want to have you and Kristen on maybe same time you know since yeah, sure. the cool thing about covid is like before covid all of my guests were in studio uh yeah. you know i had a sound engineer i have a four i have a four camera set but listen but COVID, now, yeah. now, now you can like get a lot of more people right but maybe oh. the quality a little lower oh maybe. my god no quality is great no? man. oh perfect no, then, then I, like, like ryan millar he don't have to make the trip he's an olympic gold medalist yeah. uh, i have a friend who's an infectious disease specialist she she she's the founder of a company that helps um uh pharmaceutical companies approve vaccines and medications for the FDA. So that's all she oh. does. Had her on for an hour and 50 minutes. You know, Rob and I, Rob and Sparrow and I were like two hours and one minute. So my, the podcast average between an hour and two hours, but, yeah. but, um, I, I just like that's, we that's it's the longest people listen to usually. Yeah. So. You just, you just hammered through all this subject matter. <laughs> like you had a, Anasta, Anast, is it Anastasia or Anastasia or Anastasia? In, in Latvian, I would say Anastasia. Anastasia. Well, and so it's with a J, but like, I don't know how in Americans and okay. in English you would pronounce it. So, but she's coming here. She's uh, arriving 
flying in tomorrow, so we'll start training. How long have you guys played together? Uh, for four years now. Oh my God! So all of this is lead up to, whoo. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, but like yeah. we had no idea. We kind of didn't even aim at Tokyo that much. Like mm -hmm. it kind of just happened. <laughs> so definitely Paris is something we're working towards. Yep. Uh, lastly, before you go, Rob and I had a conversation about why um, what separates women's American beach volleyball with with the men and this and that. And I just told him straight up, it's coaching. Like a lot of people move to the West because there's more people to train with and iron sharpens iron. But I said on that previous podcast, actually it was Bobby Jones. He's a club coach and a professional coach as yeah. well. And I said, if you come here and you don't have a coach, you might as well have just stayed home. <laughs> Yeah. you get a coach because people your age some sometimes sometimes you get so good so fast you think you got it all figured out um because you're doing things physically better than other people but there are other demons to conquer yeah. and i'm not saying you i'm saying people your age because you right now yeah. you're mature beyond your years as far as understanding that and compartmentalizing the the yeah. mental aspect of the game yeah. i mean it's the reason why you said you liked it so so yeah. you're you're a different animal but with women's volleyball, I didn't need to have that conversation because when it became an NCAA sport, yeah, it became a business. All of the club sizes have tripled. All of the coaches won in because volleyball, I mean, it's a poor person's sport if, and it's the only way you can make any decent money. But um, That's why I'm sad that mm -hmm. uh, guys don't have NCAA beach volleyball. It would help so much for the sports um, mm -hmm. and like the feeding system, would, would be, it would be created. Otherwise, right now, it's like so based on enthusiasm and uh yeah asking you the rhetorical question how much does coaching come into play coaching um yeah. i would say a lot um i think like in the actual game not at all but like the 95 percent of preparations for the game it's all about coaching so and like the practice like without coaches you like in or day beach all well you can't really do anything i bet like 15 years ago there were still a lot of teams who didn't have coaches and were did good but like not anymore you can't do it anymore I think. no no i, I totally yeah. totally agree it's very much like theater yeah you know like <laughs> very much like theater you're rehearsing for a play you yeah. know, under under direction, of course. And when the play starts, you're not even going to see the director. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you, you, you don't That's even. You fact, are by yourself, but before that, it's all, it's all, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And that's where I had to tell some people get a coach. Like, there was a team trying to qualify for the draw last year. Didn't have a coach. They, I actually coached them, and we, we, we qualify for the draw in Hermosa Beach. So. That's a good advice. So, yeah, give. get a coach. You, you, especially you young cats, dude. You know, yeah. look at my, again, look at Miles Partain, look at uh, Maple, look at Kraft. Yeah. Um, there are so many people who are 10 years older than that have, that have been in this game banging for a long time. And these, these young cats are just caught up in the many instances past them. Why? Get a, get a coach. <laughs> get a coach. That's so simple. Tina, Tina, without invading your privacy too much, anyone want to know more about Tina? Is there a particular Instagram handle or website or whatever? That's so breaching my private life for sure. Yeah, I know I'm right. joking. Uh, yeah, my Instagram is Tina, Grodina Tina, or Tina Grodina, I think. Um, yeah, one tell, of those. Tell you what, I'm going to put it up on the edit. <laughs> yeah, I That's think. That's the cool part about this not being live. There, no. there aren't that many Tina yeah. Grodinas out there, so you can find me. I also want. wanted to apologize too, because usually. Um, 
what separates my podcast from other people is usually live. It's on Facebook or Instagram live and people, sometimes I read questions. Someone has a question while you're on it and I, and I'm like, Hey, this person wants to know this. And that's usually yeah. more engaging for the people who follow you. And this yeah, and that, but so. sorry. I also like replied to you so late about that actually coming yeah. here today, but I'm so glad I did. Like this was so fun. I it's a cool that. part about working for myself. I'm not, I'm not doing the beat anymore. I used to do the beat for volleyball one-on-one and you, you have to like message someone a hundred times until they get back to you. For me, um this i'm the founder of this for me either someone's it's so liberating to know that either you're interested or you're not <laughs> and that's cool you know I, there's no jealousy either of, of yeah. on my part of you know like aaron wexley gets all these guys and that guy i don't i just want interesting people you've always been an inter- interesting person to me and i would have never ever reached reached out to you if you weren't i don't reach out to people because they're popular or unpopular they're right there's there's climbing there's whatever there's a, there's a whole bunch of people i could message and ask a hundred times until they say yes i just want that's not what this podcast is about it's to provoke thought using sports current events um health and wellness and entertainment and that's us tina gradina and that's Jason all we need. That's all people what need. else is there right so <laughs> in fact there's nothing else all right for all of you at home for all of you watching this tina might love you but i can't stand you we are out of here all right for all of you at home for all of you on your ipads for all of you on your iphones for all of you on your droids for all of you on your desktop who runs the world old school old school for tina lady gradina I'm Jason DeBiss. This is episode 75. We're out. Peace. (laughs) Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.